Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Greetings, Hawk fans. Um, welcome into another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I am Keith Myers. Bill is out once again. Um, and so this time I've got a special guest coming in from our turf football. Um, Seahawk fan and uh, writer, director. She does a million things over there. Um, uh, special guest, Dana Orgoman. Thank you. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's been too long since we've gotten to sit down and chat. It'll be fun. I know we haven't we haven't we haven't done this since the summer. It's uh, yeah, we got to do this more often because I love having you on the show. I love being mm-hmm. on your show. It's just you always have so much uh, insight and and um, <laughs> just uh, such a fun perspective. Um, just because it's different than me and Bill, and we kind of know each other too well at this point. So, um, so uh, your take real quick on on mm-hmm. Sunday's game. They you know season sweep of the 49ers again. Um, even with the Seahawks being bad and the 49ers being by record better, Seattle just kind of owns them. Like, what did you see from Sunday? Well, I don't know if you've seen this fantastic meme that's running around Twitter and it is, um, three hands that are in rock, paper, scissors, and the Seahawks are the rock, (laughs) the the Niners are the scissors, and the Rams are the paper. And isn't that the truth? That is just how these teams play each other. They Mm -hmm. just have their number. Russell Wilson has been the kryptonite for the 49ers. The 49ers have always owned McVay, and McVay, we all know what he does to Seattle. So it's, it's just fascinating. I love this division so much because of that constant churning between those teams and and no disrespect to Arizona they just haven't this is their first year where they've really kind of pushed the envelope a little bit and so we'll see how they kind of fit in but really it was always the three teams and and I think that that's really fascinating I I fully went into Sunday expecting Seattle to lose I I figured that you know San Francisco had been rolling a bit they had been kind of feeling themselves Jimmy still looked like Jimmy but at least he was being somewhat consistent which we hadn't seen for a while um and so I didn't, I didn't have high expectations. And believe it or not, them playing at home made it almost worse because I, Seattle hasn't been fantastic at home, right? Like, so mm-hmm. that didn't give us any help there at all. And then seeing all that red in the stadium, which Niner fans travel well. We know that. Um, yeah, and when, when, your team's huh? four, when your team's four and eight, you get a lot of season ticket holders that are, are you know, selling their tickets, getting, you know, because 49er, mm-hmm. 49er fans were paying well, so – um, yeah. I, I didn't, I, it was expected when I got there, it was disappointing, but still expected. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of red in the stands. Right. And it's funny cause I like to go to games when teams are bad because I think that then you can actually, you're not so, it's not such an anxious, you know, situation. You can kind of evaluate a little better, but that's a reporter brain, not a fan brain. Mm-hmm. So it makes yep. it a little different. Um, 
uh, once the score hit 17-7, I really kind of thought that that was going to be it, that they were going to be done. Even with the fantastic play, I love trick plays. I think that they're one of the things that make football so fun. So Travis Homer's, you know, fake punt was fantastic. And and that was the stuff that the fan base needed. The, the fans in the stands needed that. Oh, yeah. And I thought that that was a really good um, idea. I don't think he thought he was going to get a touchdown. I thought he was just, he thought he thought he was just going to get a first down, but it worked out wonderfully. And then all of those three and outs and they kind of cooled down like they have been. And, and so I'm like, Oh, here we go. Now we're going to see this team. I had no idea when San Francisco got to 23, that Seattle would find a way to get that touchdown right before the second right at the end of the first half and I was so excited about that because that had a little bit of sparkle to it that had a little bit of last season five seasons ago Seahawks where they're like hey, feel free to score we're just going to come down and do it too and I we hadn't seen that this year so that was very exciting and then they just rolled in the second half it was nice to see them um, you know, get the wide receivers a little more involved. I, I know everyone was really mad at Everett and very upset with him. I think that he has been a really pretty solid piece to this team. He just had a bad game. Um, but I did find, I did still feel like Russ was pushing it to Metcalf a little bit, but we need to keep trying to do that. Um, but it was great. It, it was fun. And it was nice that, that San Francisco, that def- our, the Seahawks defense, looked like the defenses of old it was and you know defense my favorite part of football yep. so uh, i was just so thrilled they never they didn't get another point they didn't get close to another I mean, until that last truly the last play of the game they weren't really even close so it was that was so fun for me i it was did it change my perspective on the season not really but man it just felt good to be able to say we swept the niners even though we suck <laughs> right <laughs> it was just good yeah, that was, it was fun. And I got to say, the um, uh, uh, Gerald Everett had an awful game. We all know it. And, and I, I get people are mad at him, but he's been good for most of the year. So I'm trying to give him a pass. Um, but he really did result in a 21-point swing towards the Niners. He had two two fumble or the, the fumble and then the the uh, – it, it goes down in the books as an interception, but it was really – because he caught it and fumbled mm-hmm. it straight up into the air and mm-hmm. and to someone. Both of those should have been touchdowns uh, if he hadn't. And then the other one, um, his other fumble led the next play to a Jimmy Garoppolo touchdown. Mm-hmm. So if it's like a 21-point swing, which is why – like I was just, you know, I was thinking about it. I'm like it really felt in the second half like Seattle was dominating the game. And I'm like they why were. they just – why are they not pulling away? And I'm like, oh, that's probably kind of why they're pulling. Like one, they were they had dug themselves a hole, so they the dominating got them back, you know, even and then into a lead, and then they also had you know the other points that that went away. Um, yeah, the, the score would have been very lopsided had he been able to hold on to those. And you know what? Again, I agree with you completely. He's been great this season, so I, mm-hmm. I'm not too upset at him. It's also it's also a win. It would have been a lot harder if they lost because of that. It would be a lot harder. The win, the win definitely, um, definitely makes it easier to swallow. But wouldn't um, that be par for the course? Because that's oh what God. this season has been. Over over the years, you know, Seattle has always won their close games. You just like, oh, Russell Wilson's got two minutes. We're going to win this. Like done, right? And they haven't been able to do that this year. So yeah. to not be able to overcome those hurdles, that would have been kind of par for the course. So to see them do it was really encouraging. Yeah, the offense really looked good. 
Um, actually, and the, the thing is, the, the offense looked bad early, and then it looked better later. And one of the things that, that came about from that uh, part of when the offense turned around was when Shell went out with his shoulder injury and Stone Forsyth came in. And then the running game really got going when Fuller went out and Jake Curran came in at guard. So it's like maybe these kids need to be playing more because mm-hmm. the offensive line got better and the offense started really working when the kids came in. So, um, Oh, I agree. Yeah, I completely we'll agree. When, when, when Kyle Fuller has a zero grade, 0.0 grade from PFF the week four, he doesn't need to see the field again. And mm-hmm. nothing against him, you're a nice kid, but you know what? We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Let's see what those young ladies have. I think that that's really important. Yeah. And, um, you know, Forsyth, I mean, he came in mid game and drew Bosa, you know, I mean, that, that's, you're lining up opposite Bosa. I mean, that's, he's one of the best. And I thought he or played did. really well. I thought he held his own, he, you know, I mean, you can't say he dominated, but nobody dominates Bosa. It's like trying to dominate, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Rams, you know, line and, and um, all of that. It's just, yeah. it's just not, it's not going to happen. So I thought he did well. Um, mm-hmm. But so we're, okay, you're talking, we're not going to win the Super Bowl. We're four mm-hmm. and eight. You had high mm-hmm. expectations before the year. I did. So did mm-hmm. I. Where did we go wrong? Where, where, where were you and I wrong? Um, well, I think there's a couple facets to this. And, and I get a bad time for being too positive. Um, but I think there is a lot of positive in this season. Um, but, but where I think the glitches came up for Seattle this year, of course, number one was Russell's injury. I mean, I, I'm, we all know that we would not have four wins. We'd probably have seven, six or seven wins at this point had Russell not gone out. Those games were too close um in order to you know really have he have not dominated it and i think he came back too early i think it truly was a six to eight week injury and he probably should not have come back as quick as he did but you know when you put out there this note from your doctor that says you're a miracle and you get to play then you let him play right i think that that's and what are you supposed to do with that you can't really stop it but I think that the biggest issue is probably the same issues we had last year. Well, one of the bigger issues. Defense took too long to get going. Um, it was better this year. They snapped back from it a little bit further. I'm just not a fan of Ken Norton. I, I realize that he gets it going at the end of the season, but I also wonder then how much the players are involved in that. It's not really Ken Norton. It's the players fixing it themselves or even maybe Pete because we know Pete stepped in last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I realize the players love him. But that doesn't always make him, uh, you know, a good coordinator. Um, and so I think that that's, that's part of the problem. Um, I think that the injuries to some of the other players, my biggest issue, Keith, is the disaster that is Shane Waldron. He, he is, to me, was a huge mistake. They took a gamble on a kid, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that they were looking for that youth movement. I understand it. He, in my opinion, seems to be floundering. He has absolutely no idea what he's doing. As the season has progressed, you can see the adjustments that he's making, but I just don't think that there's any experience there to be able to take these hits and fix them the next week. I I don't see that from him. Um, And so it was an experiment. As of right now, it's a failed experiment in my eyes. 
Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See, that's interesting because I... I wouldn't. I, Bill asked me that um, like a week mm-hmm. ago, and I said, I don't think we can evaluate him because the offense was – when Russ got hurt, the offense was number one in the league in um, yards per play and number one in the league in points per drive. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem was just like in the Titans game, they had three possessions in the second half. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in that same game, there was a there was over an hour of real time between um between offense snaps for seattle um and so i had i'm like okay there's that then he's got gino and gino's you're not doing you're not running your offense um and so then i was like i don't know if we can evaluate Mm -hmm. him russ has come back and the o-line's just been so bad he can't even get to the top of his drop before he's getting hit um so i'm just like is this waldron or is it just there's a lot of other stuff. Um, but I also mm-hmm. get that I'm in the minority. Like most people are like, Oh no, he's mm-hmm. terrible. Get rid of him, you know, move on. Um, and I don't know. I, for me, I guess I, I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying they should mm-hmm. keep him. I'm just saying, I don't feel like I know what he is yet. Um, and it's because yep, of the, but in the, the context. League, you can't give him time to figure it out. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Not when you are have your 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 franchise quarterback at his prime, and you don't have the draft picks that you you know normally would have due to a couple of trades. You he he was brought in to be innovative. I don't see innovation out of him. Do you see it anywhere? Um, there's other there's, than that first the Colts game. I liked the way they looked in the Colts game, and then it just disappeared. This is the first time since the Colts game where the offense has, has really looked dynamic. Um, and I don't mean that in terms of the athletes, because we know Wilson and Metcalf and Lockett are all dynamic. But this right. is the first time that the offense has looked, looked dynamic in its design. And um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to see. Let's, let's, I'm gonna, he's not going anywhere right now. So right. Let's, see, let's, let's see what he looks like. And um, can we can we start playing the kids on the O-line because Fuller Fuller needs to never see the field again. Right. Um, I would, I wouldn't be upset if we found out that he got cut and that Shipley is now going to be the backup center. 
Um, I, I, I just wouldn't. He has proven multiple times he's just not a guy, you know. And why is Phil Haynes not playing? I mean, they keep putting Fuller in there, but then you mean you pull full Phil Haynes in. There's so many options, and they keep going back to some of these not great players. I don't want to call them bad. They're professionals. They're not bad. They got to where they are because they can mm-hmm. play the game. But there's other options. Yeah. So play the is kids. that Larry? Is that I don't know who it is. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Play the kids. At some point, mm-hmm. at some point, you got to play the kids. And I know that mm-hmm. over the last few years, um, going back to Marquis Blair's rookie year, for some reason, starting that year, they just don't want to play younger players. They want to play vets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sometimes you just got to play the kids and you got to let them take their lumps. Um mm-hmm. And I don't know. Um, I think that's it. That's it. I, I, we could yeah. we can go on. Like this, there, there's. Okay. It's weird because when Pete came when Pete came to Seattle, he was totally on the always compete. If you're the best player, you're gonna play. And he played a lot of the young players. And you know, Earl Thomas made a ton of mistakes his first year and a half until he figured it out, and then he became amazing. Um, and but you know what they and they kind of just dealt with they took those lumps, um, mm-hmm. and then the long and the other thing is he was also super aggressive in the way that they he called games they ran for it on fourth down they you know did all sorts of weird stuff, mm-hmm. and the longer he's been here the more opposite of that he's been now he only mm-hmm. plays vets and won't play any of the any of the younger players, and he's so conservative about everything, and it's weird it's just weird it's like it's like he's a different coach. Yeah, I my. My take on that, oh, it's not probably a very popular take, but I am not a Pete Stan. I'm not a Russell Wilson Stan, right? Like, I, I get that people are picking one over the other. That That's not me. I think Pete is a Hall of Fame coach, and he's done amazing things for Seattle. Russell's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's done amazing things for Seattle. But that's just the truth of it, right? But I think that what has happened is Russell Wilson has gotten a – over the last offseason, he got some power. And I think that he wants things certain ways. It is not in Pete's nature to do the ways Russell wants them done. And so I think there's a little strife there. I think there's a little back and forth there. I'm not saying they don't get along. I'm not saying that they're fighting. None of that. They have a professional relationship and it's fine. But I almost wonder if someone said, stop, play how you want to play, Pete that he would not go right back to the way he was. And everyone would hate it because he'd run the damn ball all the time and like all of those things. But that's who he is. And I think that he, in all of this, the muck has lost a little bit of who he is. And I just wish he would go back to the, the way he was before. And that has nothing to do with Russell. Russell's amazing. I just think that that's, Pete is trying to coach the way others want him to coach. And it's, completely contrary to the way he actually is a good coach. Does that make sense? Am oh, I, I, saying know, that correctly? I know yeah. what you're, I know what you're saying. I think yeah. um, I would love to see the team go back to being the way Pete Carroll says he wants to win, which is being super physical and great on defense mm-hmm. because right now they're getting beat at the line of scrimmage on offense and defense um, and the defense with this bend, but don't break. And they give up all those third down conversions and yeah, they're keeping teams out of the end zone, but the offense can't get back on the field because they're, they're giving up this eight minute drive, 10 minute drive. Um, and like, go be good on defense. Um, oh, you know, I love it. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, 
this is that that's my thing is, is, is we know Pete's a, de- a defensive mind he's he's orchestrated this team through some awesome uh years as a defense so just because Russ and the offense is doing something different doesn't mean you can't go do what you do on defense and do it the way you used to agree but, be- but I think to to my prior point you have to have a really strong offensive coordinator to pull that off if the head coach is all about the defense, he's going to focus on defense. You have to have that strong offensive coordinator. He does not have that this year for sure. I didn't dislike Shoddy as much as a lot of other people did, but he just hasn't had that presence. And I mm-hmm. think that that's needed for that. Yeah. Um, that's, I, um, I'll give you that. I mean, because if, if he, yeah. if he, if he takes a step back and, and really focuses in on the defense, um, then yeah, he's got to have someone run the offense because he's not going to be overseeing everything, and that could be a, be you know be a thing. Because how much faith do you have in Waldron? You apparently don't have any. I I still don't know if we should or not. Um, but that doesn't mean I have a lot, uh, right? Because it's like Fair. we'll see. I mean, he is he's never been a play caller before. We knew there was going to be problems. We knew there was going to be inconsistencies, and he was going to have to learn on the job. Um, okay. So, but we need to see progress too. I think we kind of did in this, in the San Francisco game. We'll see if it carries over. They've got, they're playing a bad team. And maybe this is where we transition to, um, talking about, uh, about playing Houston, but Houston's bad. They're, they don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of talent anywhere. Um, they are just not a good football team. This offense needs to hum. Uh, yeah. Seattle's does against this team. This we should be seeing what they did in the second half, or really the the second and third quarters of um, of this 49ers game. We should be seeing that all game. And if we're not, I'll be concerned. So right here's my thoughts. I'm going to Houston for this game. I'm excited to be there for this game. Um, there seems to be a lot of Seattle fans that are going to this game, probably because the tickets were under a hundred bucks. So yeah. <laughs> Tick, tickets, are, tickets are cheap to get because nobody yeah. wants to go see the Texans. Um, right. So, a lo- and they're finding a lot of road fans in that stadium yeah. all year. So, and it's a great stadium and it, it's a great mm. away game. The fans actually Texans fans I've always really liked, but um so what's interesting to me about this game is we don't think Tyrod Taylor is going to play. I think, I don't know that they've officially said that, but Tyrod Taylor probably is not going to play. And why play him? They're the first team to be eliminated from the playoffs. And it's week 12, right? So, um, and so. Not the Lions? Playing. Technically, no. <laughs> interesting. I find that Isn't interesting. Isn't that crazy? Telling you. Um, all NFC teams are within three or four or two or three games of playoffs. It's a whole different conversation, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so I think that that'll be interesting um, to see, which is sad for me. I really wanted to see Tyra Taylor play. I like Tyra Taylor, um, but there's nothing cohesive about the Texans at all. There's, there's nothing good about them. The defense should run over them. The offense should just play lights out. Here's my worry. Teams that have nothing to lose are the scariest teams to play. And they could just come up and, I, I don't know, just as inconsistent as Seattle's been. <laughs> I'm telling you, who knows what's mm-hmm. going to happen. But it should be it should be a good game to get that rhythm, feel that rhythm, and have some of that carry over, um, you know, to, to the next game. Because then the game after that is the Rams. So they're going to need some of that momentum. 
Yeah. Um, you were saying that and I was thinking, I'm like, do you remember the um the Tampa game in the in 2013, the Super Bowl year, when Tampa was terrible that year? And they came into Seattle and it was uh like 21 nothing at halftime and they and CX couldn't stop the run. And it was like, how is this team that looks right. amazing getting run over by this awful, awful team? Now the CX came back and won that game. Um, overtime. It took but overtime, it was, but it was, it was not pretty. It was not pretty yeah. at all. Um, so do not speak that into existence. It's not going to happen again. I'm telling you, I, I'm, it's a worry <laughs> of mine. I, I just, no, I, I hear even, you. Um, we picked this game to go to cause we thought it'd be a surefire win. No, not so sure. So yeah. we'll, see what well, and especially you're, you're between the two division games and the Rams game. Uh, you look at the schedule and if you think Arizona has everything wrapped up before they go into the final week and they rest all their starters and all that, uh, th- that Rams game is the only game that you're really worried about. The rest of them, CX should be favored in. Um, yeah. And so they could think you're looking at that and going, um, they could run the table. They could get to nine and eight, maybe sneak in as the seven seed. Okay, maybe. Um, but you know, you're looking ahead at that Rams game. You're not looking at the mm-hmm. Texans because they're bad. You got to prep. You got to be there. You got to show up. Mm-hmm. Still an NFL team. I mean, look what happened to um, right. look what happened to Minnesota um, this yep. last week. They got beat by the Lions. <laughs> the Lions are awful. Yeah. So I will say this about the Lions, though: they always hang in there for the most part. A lot of those mm-hmm. games, they're right there. They yep. just <clears throat> they so. just can't. They just can't win because it yeah. comes down when you're going to close games. It's usually quarterback play. That makes yeah, a difference, exactly. and you got Jared Goff. So, um, they've also got a lot of draft picks. So, hopefully, they can turn that around. I think they're pretty well coached, and that's one of the things you see when you've got a okay. team that's that's really lacking in talent, but yet they're competitive week in, week mm-hmm. out. They're losing all those games, but he hasn't lost the locker room. They continue to be competitive. That's a good coaching staff. It's a good coach. Yep. Yep. That is good. Um, it is good. So. Yeah, I, I, I worry about the Texans, although I do like the mindset that the, the locker room has right now of we need to win every game. Yeah, and every game so, is a playoff and so game. I, yeah, and so I, I think that they're not going to lose that focus just because it's Houston. Now, if they were, let's say, six wins, they might overlook this team, but I don't think they will where they're sitting. Yeah, um, I just look at, at, the, at the game, it, just the X's and O's of it, the rosters of it. I can't see Seattle losing this, especially now that Russ had a good game because he was pretty bad those first three weeks. He was injured. I mean, he was. And then one of the things that you notice when you, when you're, it's you can't see it in the stadium, but when you're watching like the replays and that kind of stuff, especially when they get the weirder camera, camera angle. So you can kind of see his face. He's not looking downfield. He's looking mm-hmm. at the pass rush because he knows he's gonna get he's get gonna get hit. And if you're not looking downfield, you know you're not seeing the guys as they come open. Um, mm-hmm. And I really think that 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 was part of it. He just was not he wasn't feeling it. He was not ready to come back. And mm-hmm. um, I think yep he, he was seeing ghosts for sure. Yep yep he he came back too early. Um, but at the same time, they weren't beaten. Uh, either of those teams, Arizona or um, Green Bay, with Geno under the helm. No, so no, not it didn't at all. really matter. It's it's really just the Washington game was a, is a loss that I felt that they 
he should have played better. The team should have been better. They should have been able mm-hmm. to do something. They didn't. And they deserve to lose that game. But mm-hmm. it was. But now look at Washington really... four in a row. They're like killing it. The NF- I'm telling you, this conference is crazy. It's the NFC crazy. is weird. Well, the <laughs> AFC is also the the AFC is also yeah. weird. And um, uh, we will talk about that, you and I, in a bit. Um, but let's go ahead and wrap up this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and those of you that are listening, don't um, don't forget to come into the um, the Pro Football Playbook playbook show or the whole NFL show. Dana's going to come back with me on that um, side of things. And we're going to talk about the absolutely insane AFC West because there's no idea what's going on there and who's going to, who's going to come out of that. So uh, Dana's kind of the expert on the AFC West since that's what she covers for our, our football. And she's going to help me figure it out. Cause I got nothing. So, um, <laughs> so for the, the people listening to this show, go ahead and, um, you know, plug all the stuff that you've got going uh, on. Oh man, I do. <laughs> you got to. That's why I said I'm. Like, I'm not going to try and do it. Right. I'm just going to let you let you, you plug it because you've got everything. On a podcast, yeah. If you want to see me on a podcast, I'm everywhere this season for some reason. So, our turf football has a podcast every Tuesday at um, 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Central. We go live on YouTube, and it's an interactive podcast. So. As our people in our chat talk with us, we post their their stuff on our screen and we talk back with them. We answer the questions live. We have a great time. We have great guests. So we have a great time over there. Our trip, um, FB.com is our website. Um, and then I also am on Real Hawk Talk with um, uh, Hawk Blogger and Evan and all the people that people love to hate. Um, I do that on Wednesday nights with them. And then I do a podcast every other week um for um with the girls uh, a couple of people from nfl uk and we focus on um, that that's called end zone scoop and um we talk about the entire nfl but they give a fantastic um view from the other side of the pond which is really kind of fun and i have a great time with that one too um so yeah and you can always find me on twitter it's at dana og so come chat with me yeah definitely she's a great follow um you should all do that so um Anyways, thanks for listening, everyone. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Myers NFL. Bill is at NWC Hawk. He will be back. He thinks he'll be back next week. I guess it's the week after that, but we'll see. Um, the show is at Hawks Playbook. The website is uh, SeahawksPlaybook.com. You can find us everywhere, YouTube, everywhere. Um, be sure to subscribe. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.